music, news, entertainment. It's all right here. This is The Kelly Alexander Show. Hey, it's Kelly, and we are very excited to welcome to the show Juno Award-winning Canadian pop recording artist Kaiza. Back in 2017, Kaiza went through a devastating car crash, which resulted in her having to deal with severe head trauma. Over the last several years, she's been doing everything she can to get herself back on track, and we are very excited to talk to her about her new music and also heading out on tour and the importance of songwriting. We then jumped to our music editor, Sharon Hyland, talking about Madonna's celebration tour, which recently rolled through our city. Sharon and I were both fortunate to attend the concerts, and we cannot wait to talk to you all about it. Follow us on Instagram, Kelly Alexander Show. So excited to welcome back to the show one of my favorite Canadian artists who has won multiple uh, Juno Awards, which is uh, Canada's version of the Grammys, and also her uh, fellow artist and producer of the song uh, Sugar Jesus. It's Kaiza. Hi, guys. Thanks for joining us. Hi. Hey, thanks so much. Thanks. Can't even speak. Thanks so much for having us. Super happy to have you on the show. And so we'll start off right away um, with regards to the new single, which is called Heaven Ain't Calling. So uh, can you tell us how the song uh, came about and if you knew that it was going to be something special? Yeah, actually, it's really interesting because Sugar Jesus and I met so randomly. I was I was in Toronto and I was not planning on doing any sessions or any songwriting. I was here for just kind of just other reasons. And my manager was like, well, if you do want to work with somebody and you change your mind, here's like a list of people. And I just saw his name and I saw Sugar Jesus. And I was like, what kind of a name is that? <laughs> so I was like, set up a session with Sugar Jesus. I just want to like look into this more. And um, and we went in and um, this was, we wrote two songs in that session. And this was the second one we wrote. Second yeah, one. yeah, this was the second one we wrote. And, um, and the first one is going to be, it's weird. The second one is the first one and the first one is actually gonna be the next song out but um but yeah we we worked this one day and then we're like wow this is amazing this chemistry that we have as as musicians and and i was just kind of in the midst of deciding that i wanted to do another album and it was a big decision because i was not able to do dance music for the longest time because i've been recovering from a head injury for half a decade now and um, loud noises and bright lights and everything have just been really hard for my head. But I'm, I'm at a point where I've been able to handle it a, a bit more. So I was like, you know what? I miss dancing. I love dance music. And I, I want to get on the dance floor again. And I want to I want to dance myself. So I was just like, hey, Trigger, you want to do a whole album? So then we just and it's been this journey like it, it's been so much more than just us getting in the studio making music. It's <laughs> it's just turned it's turned into, um, I mean, there's just videos and, and theater shows. Like, everyone's going to find out what's coming. I don't want to give away too much right now, but it's like an artistic explosion. What is coming? <laughs> so, our, so we're getting then, so this is first single is Heaven Ain't Calling, and then we're getting an album at some point this year. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So Sugar, I'm just going to ask you a question. I want to know, like, how did you get into music and, and how did it uh, go towards dance music or was it always dance music? Um, yeah, well, it, it, I'm definitely from like a dance music background. I've always, um, well, I mean, I'm a, a DJ and producer, but I've also done um, music for kind of TV and stuff in the past as well. But yeah, so I have my own project, Sugar Jesus, and been releasing dance singles for for years, but I've always been a big fan of Kaiser's. So getting the opportunity to work with her was amazing. Um, <laughs> 
but I was also like really keen to make a dance record with Kaiser when I found out I could she you know uh, we, we had this session uh, um, yeah, I'm, I'm like do you want to make more and um, it's, yeah. it's been funny because um Kevin has a banjo on it and and I remember the time when I, I was like sugar the song needs a banjo on it and he's like I can't put a banjo on this house track and I was like it needs a banjo it was our first like disagreement <laughs> creative disagreement I was like it needs a banjo and then um anyways then I I went and got a banjo player uh, against, I guess, his wishes, and then it really, <laughs> it really worked. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, like, I, I was wrong, but no, I, no. I, I will mean, say, like every song we do, at some point, Kaiser will suggest getting a banjo player to play on it, or it's, a mandolin. I well, mandolin. so the whole thing is, this album is an infusion of um, of electronic and very organic instruments. Yeah. So it has this. It's a very amazing balance of of both worlds, mm -hmm. and so so it's it's there's a lot of depth in the, in the music. So you, you can dance, you can cry, you can, you can like dive into the lyrics, the songwriting, the storytelling, or you can just kind of surface level, just, you know, just dance with a beat. So there are many layers. So yeah, each song is an onion. And but, uh, can you talk to us a little bit because your album in 2014 obviously had a lot of, um, you know, it was a good mix. Like I still play uh, your, your ballad piano. Like I love that song. Oh, I'm so happy you love that song. We we didn't have time to like, because I was on a major label at that point and they kind of drive the show more than, you know, as an art, as an independent artist, like I like to, I like to be really involved in the rollout and what song comes after the, the next and the videos. And I, I, with Hideaway, I was completely independent. But when I signed to a major label, I actually lost a lot of my ability to make decisions. Mm -hmm. So we never got to do something for piano. And that was all, that was one of my favorite songs ever. Like, I love that song. It's amazing. Keep doing it at shows because it's like, it's the jam. And so now that you're returning to dance, do you find like it's a progression of what you did back in 2014, a decade later, or is it a completely new vibe of dance for you? Um, what I like to tell people is it's actually a more whole, um, I'm the more whole depiction of myself as an artist, because of what I've done is I've taken where I came from, which was folk and singer songwriting. And this is a whole side of myself that I, almost daily I'm writing folk songs, almost like journal entries, but I don't actually put them out. They're so personal. Mm -hmm. So I sometimes feel very vulnerable putting them out. But um, I decided that after coming to like experiencing a near death experience, um, it woke me up in a different way. And I wanted a more whole expression of who I was out in the world. And so this brings together a balance of both worlds. It's taking that, that poetic singer songwriter and it's merging it with, the dance side of me and uh and literally the dancer like i love to dance and i love to perform and i'd love to go deep and explore philosophical ideas and and um kind of stretch people's mindsets and you know there's little easter eggs in the lyrics as well so it's it's it has elements of of what people love and then it also has a side of me that i don't think many people know so for me it's my favorite my favorite album of all my albums. Have you named it yet? I know we're not probably allowed to know it, but has it named yet? Yes, it has a name. Okay, amazing. And um, I'll touch that interview. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us, I know I know when I've had you on the show before uh we've talked about the fact that you've written for other artists like I believe Ran Rihanna was on the list and 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 so on um and Jennifer Hudson uh do you have plans to write for other artists like going forward or are you really focusing on you over the next like several years 
Yeah, actually, I'm not going to say it now, but like another like really big singer just reached out to me. And, um, and I realized I actually really, I, I was a songwriter before as an artist. And that's what I thought I was going to be doing as my career until Hideaway took off. Um, but I love, I love trying to interpret what other people's experiences are um, and trying to write for them. Um, I think we all experience a lot of the same emotions. So it's just about kind of painting it, putting it in a, on a different canvas um, so absolutely. Oh, I just have to feel passionate about it. That's really important to me right now is feeling like I connect with the artwork, mm-hmm. um, the vision and, and feel like I can, I, I won't just write for no reason. Like it has to connect to my values as a person and I have to feel really excited and feel joy in everything I'm doing. So yes, I will, I will be writing for other people and I'm definitely in a good place for that right now. So Talk to us about you being in LA, but then deciding to go to Norway for several months to work yeah, uh, to live. So tell us about the Norway experience and how that, um, if that's played at all into the music you're producing these days. Well, one of the songs that you're going to hear eventually we wrote in Norway and it's so great. Like I can't even, I can't give away what's going on in the song, but so it did influence the music. Um, I actually, wanted to start giving back uh, as an artist. I had a lot of trouble as an independent artist breaking into the industry. And I was just like, you know, Canadian, we're all so nice in Canada. And it maybe it works in Canada when you get to places like New York. Um, people almost think like you're too nice or like, what are you trying to get from me? And I actually struggled a lot as, a, as an artist, just getting into rooms and trying to be a songwriter. And I felt people were very closed. So I want it to be the opposite. I want to be opening doors for, for the next generation. I want to be passing on all my knowledge. I, I want the next generation people that I encounter, I want them to surpass me. I don't want to keep anyone below. So I started mentoring. There's a music school called Limpy and um, it's in Norway. It's amazing. It was started by some friends of mine who are songwriters. Um, and they, they, it's a really incredible school because they source from all over the world and they bring about 50 students for nine months and they just turn them into these super songwriters, producers, songwriters, artists. So I go out there and I teach stage presence and um, songwriting and I work with the students in a very organic way when I can. You know, it's sort of, it's very, it's when, it's when I'm able to go out. Um, I, I had a chunk of time and I went out for a few months last year, at the beginning of last year, and it was life-changing for me I almost I almost didn't come back so (laughs) but yeah it was just an opportunity to to live in another place and also connect with myself before I go into this new chapter because I had to I had to sort of release a lot of a lot of the trauma of the past you know with the car crash with the healing there's a lot that I wasn't able to process because I was right in the middle of it and I didn't want to carry some like all of that with me into this next chapter. So it was a bit of a, a sabbatical as well. Me kind of going, I lived in the woods. I had a, a cabin with no Wi-Fi. So I was very disconnected and able to connect with myself in a very deep way. And I felt like that gave me a big reset and prepared me for this next chapter. Amazing. Sugar Our- came out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when he arrived. He arrived and it, it was just so, it was so funny because he arrived in Norway and I was right next to ski jumps. And so I was like, let me take you to see the ski jumps. And uh, we didn't know that the world ski jump competition was going on. So there was just like world-class ski jumpers. Uh, he's like, does this happen all the time? And It I was, was like, yeah, we went to one of the dogs. <laughs> it was like 100 meters from our home. It's the world ski jumping championship. It was, it was amazing. 
<laughs> it was like so cliche in Norwegian. It was amazing. Oh my god, that's <laughs> awesome. I'm uh, I'm impressed yeah. you guys didn't take up skeet shooting or something or like uh, when you, you do <laughs> cross country stuff and then you shoot. <laughs> it's good. Um, yeah. Can you talk to us about uh, touring? Are you going to tour? Because we'd love to have you here in Montreal. Yes, I and I always come to Montreal because I honestly have the best shows in Montreal. I love my Montreal fans and the audiences go nuts. So I, I never skip when I do my can Canadian tour. So I would definitely be in Montreal. I have a, I have some some cool concepts for tours that I want to do. Like I really want to change things up this year and have fun things going on in my show. So I have I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give it away just yet. If you do come to my I'm having like a little secret party which I invited to you at the beginning. But if you did make it, you would see a little bit of what's going on. Okay, it's like a little taster. And are, are you, are you choosing, uh, like, because um, I know you're very supportive of, can like, Canadian stuff. Are you choosing a lot of Canadian dancers and stuff and choreographers to help you with putting all this stuff together? Yeah, it's all, it's pretty much all Canadian, actually. Um, minus Sugars from the UK. I'm a, um, I'm a citizen. Oh, yeah, oh, there you go. <laughs> I thought. It's, it's, very, it's very Canadian, this album. Oh, one second. Amazing. My phone just told me. Can you see me? Yep. There. Um, and just a couple quick questions before I let you go. And I'll, so I'm going to ask them to sugar too, because we're excited to have him in the interview. Um, so I'll start with you, Kaiser, because I want you to finish this sentence. What is the best thing about Montreal? Okay. It's the, I, I don't want to say crepes, yeah. <laughs> but, but I always get crepes when I'm there. Um, what I, the best thing about Montreal is the creativity. I find there's just this vibrant, uh, it's like a current of creativity that's abstract that I find there. And people are just, they're, they're always looking for, for new ideas. Um, I find a lot of places are copying each other, but I find in Montreal, there's just a lot of people expanding and trying to find new territories. And um, I, I, I love that. Would you I love ever, that? Would yeah. you ever move here? I have thought about it actually. Yes, I, I would absolutely. I love Montreal, Montreal. Yes, yeah. I'm gonna hold. I'm gonna hold that to you. And now Sugar has to move here also. So yeah. <laughs> I, love, I love Montreal too. There's no, so no. much music in the live yeah. music scene there. Um, there's just it's like a melting pot of musicians. It's a it's such an amazing place to actually create and and get influence from other artists. Exactly. So, yeah, I think it's one of the best places to be coming up as an artist and ex and expanding yourself. Because mm -hmm. I find, yeah, a lot of cities you're going to just be kind of told to do the same thing, but in Montreal you're going to be expanded. I think so. I mean, yeah. the, the creative communities you can find in Montreal are probably second to. Yeah, no. and I think dance Canada. music for us here is huge, right? Like we love dance music. Like Montreal. yes, what my shows in Montreal, people go nuts. Like it's the the biggest energy in all of Canada. I still have on my on my phone. You were here uh, one one time. I think you were playing Metropolis, which is now Mtelis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, an, that was amazing. And I have video of you doing a handstand across the state. <laughs> yes, I still do that. I still keep it do up. That. Keep it up. Um, so I wanted to ask you. Well, I'm, I'm going to start with Sugar. Uh, is there another artist or producer on the planet that you'd love to collaborate with? Oh. Um... Uh, and I will say Kaiser was one of those artists that I you know, dreamt to collaborate oh. with, which has now come true, which is amazing. Um, another one would be Robin, the Swedish. Oh, um, that's, I mean, I would say the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Okay. I mean, she, 
Yeah. Great taste. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We actually, my friend knows her, so we, that might happen. Uh, Kaiser, can you tell us who you would switch places? Like, which top 40 artists would you switch places with for one day and why? Bruno Mars. I just like his, I like his dancing. He's always having fun, isn't he? He's always having fun. Yeah. I love Bruno Mars. And he seems to have like a 17 piece band also. So it's exactly. I want, I, I want to experience the 17 piece band and all the, the guys. This show looks so much fun, yeah. by the way. I They're all having a good time. Um, I wanted to ask you, and we'll start with sugar on this one. Uh, what is always in your fridge? <laughs> oh, for me, um, I mean, I eat a lot of bread. <laughs> I don't eat a lot of bread because I have yeah. a gluten allergy. What is in your fridge? That's such a random question. Bread's not I've never been asked that. that. I love yeah. that you asked us this question. Yeah. Um, are you asking that to me too? I am. <laughs> um, what's always eggs? Okay. That's good. I agree. That's two wild answers for you. Yeah. Eggs. A lot of eggs. A lot of like that good protein. Um, that's perfect. Because this is where like your fans really get to, to know you, right? So it's good. Um, Sugar, back to you. Uh, what is the screensaver on your phone? It is my wife and two children. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. In Montreal, actually. His In kid, Montreal. His daughter is going to be a superstar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's, oh, my gosh. She's amazing. She's singing nonstop. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. And, and what's your screensaver, Kaiser? I have my dogs. Perfect. <laughs> I have three. <laughs> I have three, too, so I understand it. Yeah. It's oh, great. wow. Yeah. It's so do you know what kind of dogs do you have? We have uh, three um, rescue huskies. Oh, I love that you rescue huskies. They need to be rescued. Least favorite household chore? Laundry. Laundry. I actually love doing laundry. Yeah, yeah. I find it very meditative. Uh, I'm too impatient. <laughs> I understand. Kaiza, what's your least favorite household chore? I think like cleaning toilets. Yeah. That's worse. That's worse. Yeah. I'm, ne I'm never like, I'm always like, maybe I should just get someone else. To do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And um, uh, Sugar, back to you. And this will be interesting because I'm, ass I'm assuming you're going to tell me a British show here. What TV show from your childhood would you love to see uh, either remade or rebooted? Oh, gosh. Uh, I mean, one of my favorite shows when I was growing up was The UK Office, but that's obviously being remade and become a massive thing over here. I don't know. There's a show called um, Nathan Barley in the UK that went completely under the radar, and it was by the same people that do, like, Black Mirror, and uh, it's, it was absolutely brilliant. Did you and ever it, see The Money Bush? Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a good one. Good one. So I'd say that. Yeah. Okay, cool. And Kaiser, mm -hmm. rebooted, rebooted childhood show? I mean, Inspector Gadget was pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty vintage. Awesome. Uh, and before, very, we wrap up, was, yeah. before we wrap up, do you have a, Kaiser, do you have a message for your Montreal fans? Bonjour. Comment ça va? Um, I'm just very excited to release this song and, and all the music coming. And I, I really thank you for hanging in there while, while we took the time to create this amazing album that's coming. And um, I'm just really excited to come to Montreal and dance with all of you and share this new journey. It's a really is a new chapter and it's a new side of myself that I'm finally sharing with the world. And I'm, I hope that this inspires creativity in all of you. So I'll see you soon. Listen anytime, anyplace. Just a click away. KellyAlexanderShow.com.
I look forward to this portion of the show and we welcome our music editor, Sharon Hyland. Hello, Sharon. Hi, Kel. How are you? I am still euphoric from the Madonna concert that we both got to see when she threw our town uh, recently. And uh, I'll mention that I was at one show. It's funny. I thought you and I were at the same show. I didn't didn't remember that you were at the second one. So I saw her on the Thursday night. You saw her on the Saturday. Uh, This is, of course, her celebration tour, which she's already done uh, Europe. And now she's on the North American leg. And so I will start with... um, this is not your first time seeing her. Can you tell us how many times you've seen her now? This was my third time. Okay. And uh, and uh, not my third time even trying. I think there was a couple other times in there where I thought, oh, I'll wait. And basically, selfishly, I wanted a hits tour every time. You know, mm-hmm. I appreciate her artistry. And I know that's not what she wanted to do at those times. So when it came that she was here, I thought, well, maybe I'll I'll see if there's you know, an affordable one ticket and no was the answer pretty much <laughs> each of those times. So I thought, you know what, I'm, I've, I, at that point I'd seen her twice and I was thrilled with those mm-hmm. uh, because one was in the eighties and one was in the early nineties. And certainly I love her music. So I was, I was fine. And I knew that eventually she'd get to a point where she was going to do this tour in her lifetime. Mm-hmm. And so I'm happy I waited and, uh, and, and, as the title of the tour suggests, and as we both know now, the celebration factor of a 40-year career is how do you hit all the notes? You know, like, how do you get all the songs in there? You don't. She's long been at that stage where you're not going to get every single song you want to hear. You're just not. It's impossible. She'd have to book like an actual weekend and start singing at lunch, you know? (laughs) Not going to do that. So... What I think she did was tell her story in a way that really brought her humanness into it. Because I think as fans, we all know her story. We know that she started as a dancer. We know that she left home and went to New York and sort of went to take on the world on her own. And, you know, hit some bumps along the way and had a, a, a I can't say, a humble start? I don't even know if it's a humble start. Because to get her to the point where she was... Uh, where she recorded everybody and then she recorded the debut album which start to finish is such an amazing experience and it's fresh because i listen to it kind of regularly but i really listen to it on the day of the show and it's just so worth listening to so to get from that in 1983 to 2024 and the fact that she never stopped really until she was forced to um and literally she talked about being in a medically induced coma at 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 the part of the show where i found her to be completely conversational which i really loved Mm -hmm. because there's some shows you see and people aren't conversational they're just like thank you so much and they you know obviously they're grateful but i really got a sense of gratitude from her Mm -hmm. like that she appreciates that the fans have been there the whole time and then she said maybe you've not been here for 40 years maybe you're new and i appreciate that too like she's a working artist the fact that she has succeeded so well in in her art and never mind the idiots you know because there's been no shortage of those mouths that just keep on chirping Mm -hmm. just negativity why is she doing this like that's been going for a couple of decades isn't she too old for this no she's not 
why would anybody even say that? As an artist, you want to keep creating and you want to keep learning and doing things that are cool and make you happy. And and maybe in, in doing that, you're going to find fans, find people that also think it's cool. And she's always had them. Obviously, she had two shows in Montreal and, you know, all the other ones in Europe and North America and all that. So there's always that little nitpick voice, or not even nitpick, it's just gritting voice of some critic, I guess, saying, why? Mm -hmm. Here's why. 40 years later, she still got it. And we were talking to our friend Adam in our other podcast and him talking about how, you know, he he had lower expectations because she's 65, which I appreciate the honesty of it. But I love that he was blown away yep. by going into that arena, literally, yep. <laughs> um, and and sort of having like, oh, well, we'll see what happens, see how good it's going to be. Like, yeah, she's 65, but she's fit, she's interested, she's mm-hmm. creative, she's grateful, all these things that just made the whole experience just amazing to me. Mm-hmm. And, I, and in return, I'm grateful Yeah, yeah, for a lifetime of music. And and I I want your thoughts on this. You know, obviously, it's not that we would have wished her to go through that health crisis. No. But I think we got a very different tour because of it. I think you're right. Because I think that she always has had a great attention de- to detail. It wasn't just a concert yeah. at all. It was an experience. That mm-hmm. was a show. Like, the literal translation of or definition of a spectacle it was spectacular just to watch that. And yeah, she's 65. And yeah, she had a knee bandage on because she's been given it <laughs> for 40 years. Like, yeah, the parts are going to break. She may need a new knee at some point, but I know people younger than her that have new parts, you know, yep. she's still doing it. Mm. I love that. And I remember too, like just speaking of the physicality for a second, I think it was, was it 2015-ish when she was at an award show and her cape got stuck and she, remember she fell off the stage or something or she fell oh, down yeah. and yeah. she popped back up like Jack the Bear and kept going, you know, which is a testament because I'm sure she was in a lot of pain when that mm-hmm. happened, but she's a true performer, just like, um, you know, there's many other artists coming up behind her that like, you know, I would say, and she gets compared all the time and I don't really want to compare because they, they are different but lady gaga i remember once seeing a clip where she was physically ill in the back of the stage you know did what she needed to do and kept singing like oh my god wow so that's when you know they really care about putting on the show and the people that are coming to the show and and all that stuff especially like in this day and age um there's so many people that are flying in from other cities to, yeah. to watch that show like so when somebody's sick i mean I think a lot of artists take it seriously, like, you know, Pink, for example, if she's down ill, like she doesn't want to be that way, you know, and wants to keep going. Right. Uh, but yeah, just knowing that other artists are, or sorry, other fans are coming in from different cities to see it, like this is a huge um, undertaking for many people. So Agreed. it's nice, uh, nice to see that Madonna and, and, and Pink and like all these other ones that still want to give it. I think other people need to take um, a serious lesson from them in how they Agreed. Approach. And yeah. I think it, it, it's, it's, um, I think that they they don't take decisions like that easily if they do get sick or yeah. if they do have to cancel. It's not because they felt like it. Yeah, there's a, like a binding contract that that requires um, certain things to be met, and you can't just have a cough. Yeah, you know yeah. exactly. <laughs> like it's a uh, it's it's incredible what they put themselves through, and they I think in you know because I think most of them have fairly humble beginnings. 
they get that the tickets cost this much. And if there is people coming in from out of town or there are people coming in from out of town, rather, that um, there's maybe a hotel fee, uh, you know, the the price of gas to get there. There's a lot of things to consider. I, and I do think that a lot of them have a regard for the fans because mm-hmm. without them, you have no show. Yeah. And it's interesting, too. Um, we talked about in our other podcast how, you know, for Madonna to come specifically to Montreal, it means something to her because her mother has a connection to this province in Canada. Yeah. Um, but something else that I find that was interesting is I read on a, I don't, I think it was a social media post. Yeah. From her piano player or like the one who, who teaches uh, her daughter to uh, play. Yeah. I was following him and he had posted uh, a couple of days before our show in Montreal, they had been in Detroit, which is her hometown. Right. It was interesting because in his caption, he said how important it was for Madonna to be in Detroit. And I remember years ago seeing Madonna say in an interview that going to Detroit is always special for her. And she's like, I, and, and I'm paraphrasing here, so I don't want to say the wrong words, but it was basically the intonation was like, I always have to blow it away there because that's my hometown. And, and she's like, I, I don't know why it's always so special to me, but it's like, I need to do the best when I'm in Detroit. So it's interesting like how that also plays a part for you as an art- artist, where you come from. I think that she's got a strong association with New York because it was Detroit that she left or to get and went to New York. So yes, yeah, she has an affinity for New York. That's for sure. But mm-hmm. I think artists always want to please the hometown crowd. And I think there is definitely an element of, look, I did it. Yes. A million percent. You know, not necessarily rubbing it anybody in anybody's face, but just sort of like, hey, look at this. Yeah. I did it and I came from here, you guys. This, you know, it's not it's it's a it's a literal celebration, you know, mm-hmm. and that's that being the name of her uh of the tour, I think is is neat. The fact that it's been forty years and I think of her, she has to have been like in that mindset of, you know, being twenty something, getting to the point where her debut album comes out. She's in her mid twenties, but she had all those years of artistic struggle to get a deal, to get acknowledgement, to get, I love that she, in the show, she talked about how uh, being in New York and, and, and not getting accepted into certain uh, dance companies and then uh, getting accepted into Martha Graham and then learning how to play guitar. And then she, she gets an electric guitar on and she starts playing burning up because she performed that song at CBGB's. So we hear historically in in like a history of rock and roll f- reference, we hear about CBGB's and how it was the place where uh, new waves started and, and Blondie and Talking Heads and Patti Smith and everybody went there. It was that, you know, it's not a nice, it wasn't a nice place. It was a, a bit of a dive. Mm-hmm. I went there to sort of see it for myself and it in the daytime smelled like it should have smelled in the nighttime, but uh, you know, years of it, you know, it had yeah. that that uh, characteristic to it. But she talked about that, and I I thought, wow, like that's a whole other level that you don't hear of in reference to you know people with their roots at a club like that. Mm-hmm. But she she had to survive, and she's she's in this celebration tour. She's telling the story of of her as a survivor, and you take you talk about how. Um, the illness that took her out for a few months had to have put her in a, a place of, you know, retrospect and uh, taking stock of, did it calm her down? I think she was very Madonna at this show. I think just the fact that she was as conversationally uh, grateful mm-hmm. was just such a, a great 
acknowledgement, I think, for the fans and for then the fans to give that back to her. Yeah. Such a cool moment. Moments, because she did it more than once. Yes. And um, something, too, that because, you know, you had talked about that, you know, you listened to a bunch of her music before and then after the show because you were yeah. in like, Donna Zone. I actually went down a rabbit hole of um, Googling interviews and stuff. Oh, nice. Uh, uh, and specifically, not necessarily with her, a couple, but one that struck out to me was an interview that her daughter Lourdes did like maybe two or three years ago yeah. where she was talking about how Madonna made sure nothing is handed to them. Like, she's like, I'm not, I'm not like, you know, I'm not ridiculous. I realize I do live in a world of privilege, but she's like, my mother didn't hand us stuff. She's like, she made us work for, you know, like she apparently paid for university. Um, You know, obviously she's had a leg up because she's Madonna's kid, but I like that Madonna holds their feet to the fire. And that was very evident in the concert because uh, Mercy James, her 17 year old was allowed to be a part of it. But you know she's put in hours and hours and hours and hours. Oh, yeah. And it's amazing as she does on the piano. And same thing for David with the guitar. And, like, you can see, like, she makes them work for what they get. Yeah. Yeah, you can see that. You can't <laughs> expect to sit at a piano at an arena filled with uh, 20,000 people. <laughs> yeah. And just be okay, yeah. you know? <laughs> and maybe... Maybe she could just be okay, but maybe Madonna wasn't teaching her like a taskmaster, you know, you better be good. Yeah. But be comfortable with who you are Mm -hmm. and be the best that you can be. It happened to be amazing. Yeah. But to get to to nurture a kid to the point where they feel like they can do it in that in that sort of uh, setting, I think, is is a better lesson than being really good at the thing. You yeah. know what I mean? Like she, she doesn't have to be a perfect piano player. It just happens to be that she was quite good. Yeah. And I appreciate too, that like, it wasn't like we were watching, you know, a celebrity's offsprings talent show. Yeah. They, she just integrated it super well with all the kids and it was fun. And it was also like celebratory just to see like, these are her kids and, and she's helping them go along their path, whether they stay in music or not but they've had an opportunity to to shine and i just thought that was great and last question for you um there were so many hits as you and i talked about before as you also mentioned before not all of them could be done can you one song you wish could have been in there i know that's hard one song and then tell me like if you can uh like a favorite that you heard during the concert well i would have loved to have heard deeper and deeper Mm -hmm. i would have loved to have heard dress you up Oh, there was another one that didn't get. She didn't do music, did she? I don't think I heard that. And I don't think I heard Material Girl. Did you? Yeah, and I'm fine with that. Okay. For me. Yeah. It's not on my list of favorites. Um, I appreciate it. I, I appreciate historically what it means for her career and et cetera. But I think of like, for for me, and like Into the Groove is my number one. And she did it. So it's like anything from here is great. Um, but everybody, the fact that that was one of the first burning up the way she did it, I loved it. But Live to Tell, I think, was a visual moment of the show with the pictures of people that had passed from AIDS. So, in tribute to them, and they're you know, they started off a few pictures and they were fairly large on the on the drop down screens, and then the pictures got smaller but more in number, yes. So that's the, the the way that that was done, I thought artistically was such a uh, powerful moment that, you know, oh, there's more people. And then you're like, oh, yeah, there's more people. Yeah. Like, there's a lot. The numbers are are huge. And we know that she's had a lot of loss 
from uh of friends and and of people passing from AIDS. So it was neat the way that her stage was set up that she was sort of suspended from the air in that kind of a window, which I thought was cool because it was like her looking at the window of her own life, just mm-hmm. kind of a mind blow. And singing Live to Tell, which is a song that I really love, but it to- that whole experience of seeing it in that way next leveled that song for me. Like it it changed it like in a way that <laughs> sounds dramatic, but it feels like it changed me. You right. know? Mm-hmm. It was just so well done. I love the way she did that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's I think the power of Madonna. And I think uh at the risk of sounding gushy, which I think maybe too late. <laughs> We've been gushing for a while. I think that uh that by design uh she really legit knocked it out of the park. Yeah, agreed. And I'm, I'm really thankful for it. Yeah. Thankful for her having done that, mm-hmm. for surviving not only uh her industry <laughs> and all the knocks that come with it surviving the medical challenges that she faced that really almost took her out mm-hmm. in more ways than one and the fact that she still was interested in bringing us the story i thought like thanks yeah. it's amazing it is I wish I had have seen Take a Bow because I absolutely adore that song. I also really visual like every time I hear the song, I just visualize the music video as yeah. well. So, but obviously, like again, there's too many hits for her to get in. So it's totally fine that she didn't do it. I'd wish it had been there, but that's all good. And then I lost my mind just because of being such a dance fan. Yeah. Like, I can't help but get like, I don't even know what the word is. Like I didn't get emotional, but I got emotional for Vogue and bedtime stories. Yeah. Cause I just felt like such an honor to be able to see like that song was so important to me. Like Vogue is like a 13 year old. Yeah. Uh, like it just was. And so to see it and to watch the original do it, like her do it, it was like bananas. And then I was such a fan of bedtime stories. So to see bedtime stories in frozen, like it was just, it was it was awe-inspiring and she did such a great job and then last thing for me is i just really appreciated how they set out the stage so that as mentioned before oh all my gosh. it was just amazing that they they knew like no we need to make sure all the people see her at some point so and it, it didn't seem contrived like every inch of of the the pathway to get to different sections of the stage wasn't complicated to the eye at all mm-hmm. yeah and she just wherever she was she was and it was great mm-hmm. that i thought was amazing um yeah i think i've said amazing a lot in our conversation but it's (laughs) like i feel amazed and i'm like it's those songs like vogue for me that you know originally seemed like just fun songs you know because they were at the time we joke when i was at the clubs kill yeah (laughs) so you're hearing it in the context that you're supposed to like dancing and having fun and and you know doing your thing whatever that thing is and then to listen to the music with a different filter of, you know, experience and maturity and life and all that stuff, like music is, it can be timeless and it it hits us in a different way that just, I don't know, it just, it it makes it matter more. Yeah. And I just really appreciated it. Yeah. And I also had a, a final appreciation that I'll tell you uh, for growing up in the 90s. Like yeah. that just like, I really, I'm happy that my teenage years were there. Yeah. Yeah. Mine weren't. <laughs> <laughs> As mine, we were at the, mine were at the beginning of Madonna's career, but that's the, yeah. again, that's the gift of her is that 40 years covers a lot of territory. And yeah. we were 
and we were there for different parts of it and then our friendship even intersects with with uh, her trajectory which is cool yeah. so we can connect on that level too also so many levels yeah. uh, Sharon Hyland thank you so much for doing this hey Cal thank you that is our music editor Sharon Hyland don't forget to follow her on Instagram at the Sharon Hyland and also check out our podcast that we co-host together with our good buddy Mr. Adam Brisson 90s Now FM The Kelly Alexander Show. There you have it. Another episode of The Kelly Alexander Show. And I want to take a moment to thank our amazing guests, Juno Award-winning Canadian artist Kaiza and our music editor, Sharon Hyland. I also want to thank our fantastic producer, Andrew Sabino, for doing such a wonderful job putting the show together. Don't forget that we always appreciate for you to give us a review on any of the platforms that you listen to us on, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher Radio. You can grab all of our social media handles by hitting up our website, kellyalexandershow.com. Have an amazing week. You and I will chat soon. The Kelly Alexander Show.